The 4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. What a day, what a day. Silver 7s, come on down. Happy hour's going on right now. we got prizes. It's Cofield and Company. Thursday's official home is right here at Silver 7. So very, very busy trade market. And because we have the NBA draft going down, there's been a bunch of trades in the NBA, around the NBA draft, picks being swapped, stuff like that, uh, second rounders for money. Nothing gigantic yet. Uh, baseball, we just had the Cubs trade Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Yep. We're waiting to see where Chris Bryant goes. Max Scherzer has not been dealt yet. Danny Duffy just went to the Dodgers, so maybe the Dodgers were like, hey, we're not getting Max Scherzer, we'll get Danny Duffy from the Royals instead. And back to basketball, we look like we're damn close to confirming that Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, is going to go from the Wiz for a bunch of players to the Lakers, yeah. which is a monster deal. All right, let's turn to football. <laughs> so, Willie, you cover everything, you know, Vegas local, and you cover the high school scene, and anyone who covers the high school scene knows Tate Martell. And that was the big news that, you know, had been whispered about for months, rolled out late last week, early this week. Good job by our guy, Joe Rigo, getting the interview, right? Tate Martell had some interesting things to say. This is the next chapter in his story. The story is not fully written because this is going to be quite the experiment with Tate Martell now gone from committing to several schools to Ohio State to Miami to basically taking a year, year and a half off, and now he's landed on the UNLV roster as a walk-on. Yeah, and what's crazy is just a few weeks ago I I, I was told – through a reliable source that, you know, um, there were people reaching out on his behalf. You know, hey, is can, can we get this kid somewhere? He wants to do it. And, and there were really no takers. So it's not as if anybody was knocking on his door. His camp was knocking down doors. And then um, it was agreed upon for him to be a walk-on. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I think – you know, I definitely think that Tate deserves to finish his career. He deserves a chance. He deserves to be somewhere. Um, I still feel, and I've said this time and time again, that it's no slap in the face to any, to him or, or, or you know, or his, his background, his training, anything, that if he would have went to, let's say, the FCS or a big sky school and just, con- just obliterated records, that he would have, I mean, he'd have ended up on a map. And, I mean, we've seen a Willie, lot of I, ne- I never understood why. Well, I understand now. Um, he doesn't always get the best advice. He's not always the most clear thinker. I, I said it at the time. I didn't understand why after leaving Ohio State, because you saw what happened. Quarterbacks move all over the place. Your, your job is never guaranteed. I thought at that point that he should have not dropped down to FCS, but go group of five back then. Instead, he goes to Miami, and it's an open competition, yeah. and he didn't win that job. And what you hope now is, like, this is going to be a competition. right? He doesn't have the job automatically. Right. And he's going to have to deal with some adversity. And you can't freaking fold or snap when that happens. I mean, this is it. Yeah. It sounds like Marcus Arroyo has vetted him heavily. He said the right things about Arroyo and believing in what he's building. Well, you got to be you know, slow and steady and mature in this now third chance. Yeah, and, you know, he just... I don't understand either. I mean, you know, this is a kid who committed to, you know, to to Washington at a eighth grade and then Texas A&M and Ohio State and Miami. And the real reason that 
you know, I think that he ended that he was swayed so easily and, and made that decision to Miami is you had Brevin Jordan and Bubba Bolden down there, and they're entertaining him, and it's like, hey, the, the band is back together, and he gets down there, and then, you know, that there's going to be there's always going to be competition when you go to schools like that, and it just didn't work out in his favor, and you know, and of course when he didn't get the starting job, you know, he reportedly had, had through through a little bit of a fit, wasn't happy about it. Didn't look good on his part, but he, he apologized and he, he spoke to the coaches and, you know, he, he got some reps in at receiver, never a quarterback. So I don't know. And, and he does have some work to do. I don't think that he's just going to come in. <laughs> and, and It's not a lot of time either. Yeah, no. It, to get it, the job. I mean, it's no. a, there's a lot to learn. These I, other guys have been working on it for you know, more than a year, even through the COVID season. And I wouldn't surprise me to see Marcus with his mind, his offensive mind, um, utilize him in special packages, bringing him in in specific, you know, scenarios, putting him in, in in the slot, you know, doing different things with him, being able to use him as a somewhat of a specialty utility guy, not just the the, the man, because I don't – let me ask you this. I mean, if if you're not going in as a highly touted guy and you're not starting and you're not – and, and you're, you played, what, one series at Ohio State? If you're not getting it done there and you, you haven't had how much time to – you know, how much time has been lost under center? How are you just going to come in when you have some guys that have been battling that, you know, that somewhat deserve some seniority decision over you? I mean, you are not – my point is you are not Justin Fields transferring in and just automatically right. being the default guy. But I do think that Tate I, – I, I like the fact that Tate is here in terms of being in, the, in, in Las Vegas. I'm not going to say it's his hometown because it's not. But I like the <laughs> fact that he's back in Las Vegas – Playing for UNLV, it's a move I thought he could have made, should have made. Maybe talk to Tony Sanchez while he was still the coach. Um, I definitely think he should have been a group of five guy. Not because he does, he, he didn't have the caliber, just that the fact that he's going up against such other competition that, you know, it's one thing to get the National High School Player of the Year, yeah, but now you're on a different level when you go into the D1, and we saw what happened. I, I wish the best for Tay Martell. I, I hope that it works out for him. I hope he gets some playing time, and I hope he makes a difference, and I hope that UNLV can get over the one-and-a-half win mark. Whether or not he's going to get the starting quarterback position, I'm not sold on it one bit. Well, we know this guy has a starting quarterback job, and he wants more. Aaron Rodgers showed up to training camp this week after a long offseason where people are like, what does he want? What does he want? Well, he laid it out, I thought, really well the other day. Let's play some of these clips and we can kind of break them down. Here's Aaron Rodgers, very muted tones. Um, hey, this this is what the problem was, and he kind of takes you from A to D. Also, uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated. Um, and just the fact that we didn't retain that I felt like we're core players to our foundation, our locker room, high character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, John Kuhn, Brett Good, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were you know exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys. All right, that's 12 guys that he kept receipts on. And so... And you think of the names. When, when, I mean, those are all really good players. Now, going back to what we talked about last hour about the Knights, sometimes you got to move on from people, and there's going to be bitter feelings. And Rodgers will eventually get to the fact that he wants to know, he wants to be involved. He thinks he's earned that. But that's really interesting because I think there's a lot of people out there who would say, hey, Aaron, it's not for you to say. 
those guys, we moved on from them when we decided to move on from them. You're not the GM. Right, but this whole time, the, those people that are saying, hey, Aaron, you know, that, that it's, he's thinking about himself, he's not thinking about the team, he's, it's all about himself, is did, did until he came up there and made this long speech for his first appearance um, since this whole brouhaha, um, did we expect him to reel off those names and talk about, hey, this is not just, this is not anything new. This is something that's been going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the guys he mentions about to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, former Raider. They're treating me like they treated boom, boom, these boom, guys. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So um, that was an eye-opener, and that's, that's the beginning of a slap to the face. There's, there were a few backhands. So, yeah, I, it, it, I, I somewhat think that that's an answer to whether Aaron Rodgers was thinking of himself or he was thinking of, like he said, an organizational um, flaw from this franchise in how they treat players. And, and the players, I mean, you think about the first five, six names, let alone all of them, some of those names are powerful names. And if that's an, if that's an internal problem that, that he's good, that Aaron Rodgers is standing at a podium and he's throwing them out there, I don't think that he's just making it up. I mean, those guys aren't calling him going, hey, man, don't, put, don't throw that. You know, I mean, there's obviously some issues. Many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely lowballed or were, you know, maybe in my opinion, not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserve. So for me, I had to assess the situation, not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback, especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. The other part uh, in, in February was wanting to be a part of conversations involving free agents, uh, which has never happened in my career. Okay. So again, he, he's doubling and tripling down saying, I deserve to be involved in personnel discussions. Well, not only that, but... I saw the writing on the wall. This is something. Oh, with been, the lame duck quarterback thing, yeah, no doubt. I saw, this has been going on, and I didn't want to be another one of those cases. And you know, so yes, absolutely right. And he he deserves to be brought in in discussions. Now, I don't know about if he deserves to be making decisions, but no, there's he, a danger to that. And you know, we'll, we're going to find out if Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers if that experiment's going to work because it's with the blessing of LeBron James. LeBron, as an example, should not be the GM with the final say because he's made a lot of, if you think he is a GM, a lot of bad moves with multiple organizations. A little more Rodgers. So I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter. And I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, a, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, play with our team, and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Nothing really changed on that front. I love that so much because that is such a punch in the face to Packer fans. Yeah. You're Green Bay! Yeah. You're lucky to have me. People are coming to play with me. And then he followed it up and, and the team. But he also took a shot like, hey, this is not a great destination. Uh, I want to recruit. Let, Involve me. I'm just going to – this has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that I'm just throwing this in. But it may not be a vacation spot, but uh, it's title town. And guess what, buddy? Your, your, your brethren over on the NBA court just won a title. So it may not be a destination spot, but uh, you got some champion. You got a couple championships now, you know. But yeah, he definitely reminded them who's the boss in that town when it comes to the face of the town, right? We just got talking about the face of the franchise. I don't know if everybody's coming to Vegas to play just with Mark Andre Fleury, but I would have to say that people are going to to play for the Packers 
because Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback. So, Like I said, it wasn't a draft day thing. There were conversations for a number of months leading up to that. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you some we'll give you some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. I love that. So basically it's – I mean, it, it backs up the speculation. He doesn't like these guys. He doesn't like the way they do business. Mark Murphy has come off as an arrogant guy. He runs the organization. Gutekunst is, you know, relatively new but because some of the names he mentioned goes back to – previous years but he feels like management has dis players consistently they're disrespecting him and he should have some power in what's going on so there you go there's no more confusion right he doesn't like the organization and he doesn't like the way they operate and one thing that i will say we talked about this on the late night podcast is that um a lot of this maybe could have been squashed early on if he had just come out and said all this and said you know i don't like you this is a deal, this is a situation, and, and you need to learn from it, but okay, let's put one year together and then figure something out. But, but the bottom, because we said this last week on the late night, is that when, you, when we brought it up, do, what does he do? Does he retire? Because it was that day that they had right. some, last, reportedly took the – Last Friday, a lot yeah. of people were saying he might retire, Hi. and then and, and we believe, we've talked about this on, on this show, that uh, things changed over the weekend when they came up with this agreement basically to let him out of the contract at the end of this year – that changed everything. But these problems have been going on for a while, and anyone who was confused, there you go. Aaron Rodgers said it. If you don't like it, you think he's arrogant, you think he's a jerk, he doesn't deserve to have control, well, you got one more year of him, and then enjoy watching him play for four or five more years somewhere else. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Uh, Talking more football, we'll get former NFL player, high school coach, Vernon Fox up here in a second. But on our conversation about Rodgers and laying it out, you know, hey, I I want to be involved. I want to be involved. People are coming here to play with me. I want to recruit. I want to be involved in personnel. Caleb Herring, former UNLV football player, big contributor to Cofield and Company, said, uh, how much did the love fest Tampa had for Tom Brady tip the scale for A-Rodge? And, like, like, Bruce Arians is a proud guy. In the end, Brady's not going to outright make personnel decisions, but they kind of kissed his ass. They made him feel like, hey, we're not Belichick. You have input. And I'm sure Rodgers saw that, and he's like, well, it, clearly it's possible. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers, I think, in that entire diatribe, made valid points at, basically throughout. Every, every point he made was poignant and spot on. And I think that it, it was well, it was needed. That was needed on that first podium appearance, yes. day one. Get rid of Get any of the questions. Yeah, yeah that's and, it. Uh, this is where we are. We're going to play football, but this is where we are. Yep. And this is why well, I was not happy. Uh, Vernon Fox played in the league for multiple teams, finished up with the uh, Broncos, Chargers, Lions, now uh, the football team at the time they were the Redskins. And uh, Mr. Fox is up with Cofield and Company. How are you? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? We're good. Learning what's happening. Yeah, we're good. So, Not give us much. your take. Uh, give us your take on you know what you saw in the off season from Aaron Rodgers, and you know you play, you play in the league, so this you know 
kind of battle between especially the superpower quarterbacks and management? You know, one of the things that I, I, I recognize, and I, I think it's hard to disassociate yourself from the idea of loyalty, but, I mean, there really just is none. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, you know, because my wife asked me this, uh, ironic enough, she's like, what's the big deal? And And I tried to explain to her, like, the perspective of a player and how you kind of take it personal, you feel disrespected, you feel the lack of loyalty. But on the other hand, like, you know, that's just not their perspective. It's all business for them. And at the end of the day, I learned to not judge guys based upon the decisions that they made. You know, at the end, guys got to do what's best for them and their families. And if they feel, you know, that a change is necessary or they need to squeeze the, you know, juice out of the orange, then you got to do what you got to do. Vernon, we've been friends a long time. And, I mean, I covered you, obviously, in the in the heyday of Cimarron, the bat, some back-to-back state titles under the great Greg Spencer. But, you know, the story – that I've heard many times between just you and I talking or when you're telling uh, motivational speaking and talking about that very first year, there's training camp openings this week, you know, and, and you got on one side of it, you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's coming in and he's, he's making a, a near 20 minute speech to the media and, and telling his side, but at the other end of it, complete other end of the spectrum, there are a lot of undrafted guys, a lot, a lot of undrafted free agents who are just hoping to make a roster, maybe even the practice squad, if you will, um, that, you know, they're pinning their hopes and dreams on these next few weeks. You were one of those guys, your, your rookie year down in San Diego, you got the invite, you come in, you're, you're at the bottom of the roster, one of the last few guys, and take us through that, just what, what those guys are going through, whether it's out in Henderson at the, at the Raiders facility or around the NFL, in, in what's going through their mind and what the, the I's they're dotting, the T's they're crossing, you know, and when they're not the Derek Carrs and the, and the Aaron Rodgerses of the NFL? It's tough, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're tracking milestones, and, and everything that happens to you is a milestone. To get invited to camp is that first one you got to cross. And, you know, when you get through that rookie mini camp and they invite you back for OTAs, it's like, okay, I made it to the next step. And, and then it's just survival every single day. And for a guy, you know, that you mentioned, like myself in the situation I was in, uh, boy, you better be mentally tough because there are many days that go by and you may not get a single rep. And, you know, that's tough, especially when you come out of a situation where you're the guy, you're full-time starter, and, you know, here you are, you find yourself like me, I'm, I'm fifth or sixth string. So that means many days go by where I may not even get a look. And so, you know, really the thing that you, you try to figure out in your head is like, okay, well, what can I can control? Because so much of it is outside of your control. And, you know, the thing for me was like, I'm going to just study the crap out of this playbook. I'm going to know it, and I'm not going to give them an excuse as to, you know, why they can get me out of here. Like, it, it's literally just going to be, a business decision versus a performance thing, you know. So that was my perspective, man. I, I was stressed out. I, I can't even really put into words how I felt every day. I mean, I was scared every time I walked to the hotel room. The the maintenance people could leave a note on the door, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even going to the door. I don't want to see what that <laughs> says. Like, it, it was ridiculous, man. But you know, you fight through it. You know, prayerfully, you're on a team with you know great veterans, guys like Rodney Harrison, who kind of took me under their wing and taught me how to be a professional, you know, spent time with me, didn't feel threatened by the idea that I was competing, and, um, you know, just helped me kind of manage through that time. 
on a local level here in Vegas, you, you have your ties to Fresno State. You know the Carr brothers. Um, just just watching Derek Carr, you know, especially with a lot of the off-seasons here, uh, or not here, they've been here two seasons now. Um, but, you know, in just those off-season uh, talks that swirl, and it's always, can Derek Carr lead this team? Is he the right guy? Um, you know, and he's always talked about his faith. Um, it's one thing that he brings up a lot. You, you are a man of the cloth, an ordained minister, a motivational speaker. But as far as what you know from the Carr brothers and, and Derek himself and just, you know, the character that's leading this team that's about to perform in front of 63,000-plus, you know, in a sold-out Allegiant Stadium. I wrote a story for the Associated Press today and how they're excited to finally play in front of fans. Um, can you just tell us about Derek Carr and, and what you know of him, you know, and, and your time with the with with both of them getting to know the Carr brothers? Yeah, man, Derek Derek's a great kid, and and I call him a kid. I mean, he's a grown man, but I guess he's younger than me. You know, in my head, all I can remember is, you know, us being in two a days in nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight, and this like ten year old kid, you know, walking around with the hat on backwards, throwing the ball, and that was David's little brother. And, um, you know, the, what he's done and, and who he is now, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of the people that I'm, I'm a big fan. And it's not so much of just the player that he is, but it, it, it's just the character that he possesses. Anyone that spends time with Derek Carr, you're going to love him because of, you know, his infectious personality. And, again, he, he's a man of integrity. And, and in all honesty, man, I've always been one that's kind of, you know, stood on the table for him because – we watched him play last year, man. There was a stretch where he was playing better than almost anyone in the league at the quarterback position, and the problem wasn't Derek Carr. You know what I mean? It was a lot of other things kind of going wrong and falling apart around him, um, but, I mean, he he performed phenomenally, and I think he'll do the same thing. He always maintains a great attitude. You know, we talk about loyalty. He is loyal to the Raiders. You're never going to find another player that's more loyal to an organization and team and, um, man, I'm, I'm just a big fan. And, and just a quick story, you know, I, I knew when we found out they were coming to Vegas, I knew it would be a big deal to everyone in town. And at the time I was still coaching at Faith, I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I'd love for you to just send a message to my guys. We were in training camp and having like a, you know, sleepover on campus. And sure enough, man, he sent a nice video for the boys and got them all excited. But that's just the type of person that he is. There are a lot of guys out there that you reach out to, and they won't even respond if you ask for a request like that. And uh, without without fail, man, he he gave us what we needed, and you know that's just the type of player and person that he is. Vernon Fox, local former NFL player, up with Willie and Cofield. How intense do you think the uh, Broncos Raiders rivalry will be moving forward? Because we talked to a lot of Broncos, they're still very much into it and I'm, I'm guessing that las vegas fans and sorry you know i know you played for the broncos will grow a, <laughs> a healthy dislike of the guys up north yeah it's always been that way and, and nothing's ever changed um i think some rivalries are 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 just kind of traditional and and they don't they don't ever go anywhere and the funny thing about it is is there new guys that come into the building every year and it's like you're trained to understand like that is the enemy <laughs> And uh, I just remember that being in Denver and, um, you know, having those face-offs against the, the Oakland teams. And it didn't matter, you know, how good they were, how good we were, how bad we were, how bad they were. Like, those games were always going to be scrappy. And, um, you know, they were going to go down to the wire in many cases. And so, and it was no different even when I was in San Diego. Like, those, those Raider games were, were something serious. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I like to um, always – 
try my best to attend the games of, you know, the teams that I, I used to play for when they're nearby. And so hopefully I'll get a chance to, you know, see that game take place. And I will have to say that no matter which team it was that Vernon played for, whether it was San Diego, whether it was Detroit, Washington, or Denver, when they're playing their rival, I'm sure he has a specified group message uh, group in his phone for each team for the fans of those rivals because I know when the Cowboys lose (laughs) I get these messages from Vernon all the time being a former Washington player Vernon when when, I, I remember you know there's a couple of special moments I remember when the Denver Broncos got blasted on a Sunday in Indianapolis and the defensive coordinator called you and said hey are you ready to go you had been working out at LVAC and uh, Jordan and I took you to the airport. You flew out, and four or five days later, we drove your car up to Denver for you, and we watched your first game back in McDaniel's. Uh, I think it was his second year, I want to say, but I um, I can't remember what year he was in as coach. But anyway, the first game was against the Raiders, and we flew up there, and um, and that was your final season. And you know, I, I I remember you went to a a seminar. I want to say it was held in Atlanta. And it's for retired players. How to ease your way into the transition. Now, I know it was tough for you momentarily, but you called upon your faith and, and you prayed upon it. And then you took over at Faith Lutheran in your first year. You led them to a state championship. You enjoyed a successful career there. And it wasn't necessarily because of a state title or a 53-28 and 28 record, but it was because of the man you had become and transitioned into in leading other young men and inspiring minds and you've carried that into what you do now as a motivational speaker you do monday night chats you're into season two on instagram can you just talk about the transition into your next you know the the next chapter of your life and and how that's grown from head coach to young men to motivational speaker and an inspirational leader on social media it's certainly been a journey of uh maturity you know of growth and learning um, I tell people all the time, like, it, it was it was tough to, to have to give the game up because it wasn't a choice that I had, like, you know, just intentionally made. It, it kind of just ended, you know, with the business side of things. And um, with that being said, you, you got to figure out who you are. And, and I think when you've done something for so long, there's a grieving process. There, there's a lot that you go through emotionally. And, um, you know, at that point, I, I was trying to figure it out. I really didn't want to go into coaching or broadcasting. You know, I knew a lot of guys that were doing those things. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I ended up doing something that I felt called to. Um, you know, Faith Lutheran gave me a call. It was not something I was expecting. I, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't applying. I wasn't pursuing it. And, um, you know, after some time in prayer, I, I realized I had a responsibility to give back what had been given to me through the game and I realized that it was more than just going out and you know scoring touchdowns or stopping people from scoring touchdowns but it was about life lessons of building men of character integrity accountability and excellence so that's just translated into everything that I do you know everything that I do is about helping whether it's a life coach or consulting corporations or or just being a speaker or or a preacher it's all about um, helping people kind of grow and, and expand into the best versions of themselves. And, you know, football, I, I really have to give it a lot of credit for what it developed in me because it, it's made me the man that I am and it's allowed me to, you know, implement those things into my everyday life. Let's close on this. This might be a tough one to answer. I was thinking about it yesterday. We had a long discussion about, you know, mental health and sports on the heels of Simone Biles and going back to Paul George 
uh, last summer in the bubble. And we're talking to a former NFL player and a hometown hero, Vernon Fox. Um, you know, I, I think coaches are going to have to be a little more cognizant of mental health, but I wonder how it's going to work in football. I mean, you coached the game, you played the game. I think it's going to be like the toughest transition for coaches to be more understanding because it's such a kind of a, you know, a military um, approach. How do you think coaches are going to adjust? And are there going to be some coaches who are like, I can't deal with this. I don't understand you needing a break. Uh, most definitely. I mean, it's, it's a difficult um, dynamic. You know, at the end of the day, you're, you're essentially training gladiators, but yet at the same time, you're, you're trying to develop a sense of empathy and, and understanding for their social, emotional health. And, um, you know, it's something I've become really passionate about. Um, I'm developing a curriculum, you know, essentially for the culture of athletic programs and, and being basically a culture coach. And, and I have a passion for helping coaches to understand, you know, the dynamic of coaching athletes from all perspectives. It's not just about the physical aspect. Um, there's, a, there's a great book and program called 3D Coaching by uh, Dr. Jeff Duke, and it talks about the dynamics of coaching an athlete, you know, from the physical standpoint, you know, the mental, the spiritual, you know, reaching them on all developmental levels. And I just think that, if more coaches were cognizant of that, you would get a greater level of production out of athletes because you have to be concerned about them as a whole, you know, every aspect. And if COVID didn't help us all learn that because we all had our own emotional and mental issues that we had to battle through. So I think it should make us a little more understanding and the football field shouldn't be a place that is void of that sensitivity as well. That was awesome. Great spot. we got to get you on again. Uh, thank you so much for giving us a couple minutes. V Fox. Oh, thank you guys for having me. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Take care. Vernon Fox. There he is. All right, on the way back, we'll get the Fat Pack. We'll follow up on the conversation, get some listener reaction. And we do have to get to uh, the Packers once more and all that went down last weekend with the future betting. i got to find out from Willie if he jumped in on any of these sweet spots when we thought that Aaron Rodgers might walk away from the game. The numbers were all over the place in the NFC North. Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Gofield or call 702-364-1100 now. Who better to talk about food than these two? It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. All right, Fat Pack updates coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, one more thing on Vernon Fox, and we were just talking about mental health. What do you think about the whole the football culture and how the football culture is going to adjust? Because obviously we see in gymnastics, hey, some people are annoyed by Simone Biles. I don't know why, but we saw it embraced. Honestly. You know, we've seen in tennis, a lot of people got behind Naomi Osaka. Those are individual sports. I think in the NBA, there's been a little better understanding of cases like Kevin Love and Paul George. Not enough in my mind, but football. Football, Willie. Come on now. You know what football is like and then the, the atmosphere around football. What do you mean you need a break mentally? I think that, and you've gotten to know me over the last year and a half, a little bit more and more. Um, you know, on Twitter, just personally, but on Twitter, you see my tweets. On Instagram, I'm very active when it comes to mental health, mental health, uh, mental health advocate. And 
One of the things that I see and I share a lot of messages on Instagram stories is normalizing men getting the courage to talk about it because I think that we live in a society, you know, that is somewhat engulfed with social media and judgment over people that we don't know what they're going through. And I remind this when I guest speak at high school sports leadership classes is that you don't know what your fellow person is going through, your fellow man, your fellow schoolmate, your fellow worker. You do not know what anybody is going through. And, you know, it's I think men have a, have issues in terms of being able to normalize talking about their mental health because they don't want to be belittled. Yep. And we talked about it yesterday. Uh, Von Tobel started to open up, and I got real squirmy because I was like, dude, I'm not the guy to talk to. Uh, but I was trying to be honest, like, that's the other thing. Guys aren't comfortable talking to other guys because they don't know what kind of reaction they're going to get because a lot of us, again, this goes to your father too, right? A lot of us may not have grown up with a, a dad who was, you know, right. in touch with his feelings yeah. and, you know, knew about mental health. And so it's all, a, it's all a learning process. But I'm telling you, football, especially with some of the old school football coaches, some of them are just going to be like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about, mental right. health breaks or you know, you need time off. There are still football coaches and football mentalities out there where it's grab them by the face mask and face mask and grab and and drag them to the forty yard line where they belong, or drag them to this hash mark and and yell at them in their face while chewing tobacco, spit you know, flashing into the mask and into your face. There are still those tough, iron you know, cla- uh, you know, hard. Is this is this a bad thing? I actually don't mind. Now I'm not playing sports now. But I don't mind being shamed and belittled a little bit. No, I think... Like, everyone is motivated differently. No, I think that you have to somewhat be... I believe in hard, old-school style of coaching. I don't think that you need to be degraded and undressed in front of your teammates and, and, and made to feel like you're worthless. But if you are playing like crap, you can be told, you're playing like crap! You can be told, you can be, you can, you know, if, if you're attacking your play, your effort, if you're not playing. Today, I think it was today, it was either today or yesterday that Gruden was getting on Clee Farrell. You know what I mean? Uh, Gus Bradley, I can't wait to have that guy in the press room tomorrow. He brings a different kind of energy. Paul, Nothing against Paul Gunther, but you know that Gus Bradley is on that field at no matter where you're standing and watching. I mean, this is a guy who's who's completely re-energized this defensive unit. And if they're going to get in the face, they're going to get in your face. And I have no problem with that. Fat Pack, uh, National Food Days. Ooh, it's my favorite. We got them stacked. We got them stacked today, Willie. You can only pick one. You can only pick one of the items. You can only eat one of these items today. Ready? All right. It's National Chili Dog Day. Okay. I already know I could, what I'm I could be I already, know, I already know what I'm picking. Let, let me set ahead. it up. Yeah, let me set it up good, for the good. audience. They I'm don't good. know the choices. Okay. National Chili Dog Day. National Chicken Wing Day. My God, just the battle between those two. National Lasagna Day. My Lord. Chili Dog's out the window for me. Really? I'm not a hot. I've, I've completely, I, you know, it's been many years. Hot dogs are just not my thing. I'd rather have a hot link or an Italian sausage, sausage and peppers. So that's out. Um. If I'm now, you're saying just one on today, or just one for yeah, this, today to celebrate? You can only celebrate one. You got to pick one: lasagna, Na- lasagna it's gonna, it's chicken be, wing. Chili it's going to be it's going to be National Lasagna Day. What do you think I'm picking? I think you're probably going to take National Chili Dog Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and I like chicken wings. 
I love chicken wings. Yeah. See, but chicken wings are a spot thing that you want to have at any given time. It, you know, I mean, I could eat chicken wings I, in the morning. I friggin' love lasagna. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> and you know me as far as the meal prepping and the cooking and everything. So, for me, right now, I'm celebrating today. Like, I'm going to pinpoint say, okay, I look ahead yesterday and say, okay, these three things, what am I going to do? I'm going to plan it out where lasagna, I'm going to strategically have it at a certain time of the day. You know, it's probably going to be my post-leg day or something to that effect. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would be celebrating with National Lasagna Day because chicken wings, I could order a bucket of them and have them for breakfast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's Cofield & Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. So, Willie, I just saw a little while ago uh, one of the books in town, and I'll check William Hill in a second, but one of the books in town put out their updated numbers on the Packers. And I know you followed this because we started talking about it on Friday night on our late-night podcast. So starting Friday, we mentioned it on this show about around 5.30, and I said, hey, you know, there's rumors out there about Rodgers just walking at yeah. the beginning of next week. Right. And what's going to happen to the betting market? And I immediately, I, I pulled up my William Hill app, and I was like, all right, over nine and a half. I'm actually going to play against the rumors. Like, I think he's going to be back. Right. So I'm going to get some value here. Now, as it turned out, I'll tell you, I didn't really get great value. But I bet over nine and a half for wins for the Packers, plus 120. Later that night, about three hours later, it's 8 o'clock on Friday night, all of a sudden everyone starts just pulling down. Yeah. Every, almost everyone, right? Uh, downtown circuited in, but you know the people are pulling it down. They're working off air. What they say, they work off air, meaning they're seeing it, they're seeing yeah. the air, uh, the, the the computer screen, and they're just working. And this off happens, air. right? It ha- I mean, hey, years ago there was a robust market. It, it's happened twice with LeBron. There were you know it's speculation. Oh, LeBron's going to Philly. His kids are visiting here. He's been seen here. Yeah. Like and the and the the market's having to play to that. But now we got more books involved. We got more corporate honchos involved, right? The head honchos. So they're like, eh, you know. So it was really interesting what happened over the weekend and into this week. There were a lot of opportunities to bet either. And you know what's funny is a lot of, a lot of people did slam the under, even though they kept dropping it. Like the under at some places, you could get you could get under seven and a half wins at places. Now you got to pay a price for it. Yeah. But people were slamming the unders on the Packers and Rodgers. Real interesting. Now, so I got it at nine and a half. You could have got it Friday night and Saturday during the day if you shopped around enough at eight and a half, which I would love to have over eight and a half. My God, the yeah. Packers are not going freaking eight and nine or worse with Aaron Rodgers. Knock on plastic unless he gets hurt. Now the total at many places is ten and, ten and a half. <laughs> so are you going to try to middle it? I mean, you you just have a one game middle, but it, I'll tell you what, I would at that number. Considering the division, and consi- I don't bet, I don't bet enough money, and I didn't bet enough money in gotcha. that case. Like if I, what was the price at over nine and a half? Plus one twenty. Plus one twenty. So, so now you now you're under ten and a half yeah. at minus one ten. Yeah, that's something where you'd have to have at least five figures, you know, or you know, you, you got your big boys. What would you do at ten and a half? Would you still bet over with Rogers? Yeah. You know, I'd want to, at this point right now, I would want to just see how, you know, read, 
you know, find find the beat writers, the ones that you want to count on. And I don't mean, you know, national beat writers, even even AP. I want to get, well, AP, because the, the local guys that are in there, sitting there every day at training camp, like we're out at in Henderson every single day watching it, getting a vibe, reading it. And, you know, a lot of times when you go to media outlets and, you, you know, this is a t- small tip. Take this for uh, what you want, for what it's worth. But um, when you're reading the beat writers that are covering the teams, stay away from the feature stories because most feature stories are going to be feel good, what a guy's doing, motivated. Read the notes packages, the sidebars. That's where you're going to sort of get a vibe as to what's going on at those, at the practice. Like right now, if you're seeing people touting, and I love the guy, but – Suggesting that Javen White and Tanner Muse are playing a lot for the Raiders during the regular season. What did you just say? Feel good. Yeah. You're looking for yeah. angles. Right. You're, yeah. Nothing against you know anyone putting that out there, but they're they're a long shot to get regular action. Right. Right. Well, and just in general, just you know, you know, I have to find the stories that I'm looking to write this week. You know, uh, for for AP and. But I'm not writing the, the guts and the emotions that, that the local guys, you know, like our guy Adam, Adam Hill, he's going to be out there. He's going to be digging in and, and, and maybe putting notes packages together. Or instead of a 600-word feature, he's going to be maybe writing a 400-word sidebar and a 300-word notes package that's going to get you the, the uh, you know, get you what you want to know about specifics and and maybe injuries or what this guy did or what you know or or coaches and and who they're seeing or who was taking x amount of reps with the starting unit as opposed to surprisingly taking it with the the second uh, the 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 uh, second string those are the things you want to look at so i uh, to get back to the question i want to see after Roger's speech. I want to go in and I want to watch and see and read how the team is reacting to that and how he's performing and what the vibe is like and what the chemistry is like. Boy, the other market that's interesting on the the Packers is the division. You could have got the Packers at plus 195 to win the division over the weekend. The Vikes fired all the way up to plus 125. Now the Packers are minus 250 to win the division. Vikes are back to 3-1. to I know JBT has the Vikings to win the division at plus 375. So you see what I mean? There's, yeah. I mean, it's a very unique spot where you got rumors. It's like the biggest, Crazy market. one of the biggest name players out there. But if you pay attention and the books who stayed in the game, you could have got some pretty interesting prices. We'll get you an update on all that's going on on the trade front in Major League Baseball. Some big names have been dealt today. Looks like the Lakers are just about finishing off a deal to get Russell Westbrook. Big fives on the way. Curtis Terry, the UNLV legend. We'll step in with us. And we got the NBA draft. First pick is up in less than half an hour. What a day. Your home for every UNLV Rebel football game is ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. KWWN Las Vegas.